the Sunday evenings are becoming sort of the, the as I call it, the, the R&D department of, of Eastgate. So uh, w welcome to the welcome to the party and the experiment. And uh, I'm just excited about all that God is doing. That He's doing so much. Um, and so I was, I was talking to God earlier in the week about what uh, what He wanted me to talk about this uh, this evening. And He, he said, go go to Acts chapter four. Okay, so we're going to have a look at Acts chapter four. Just a comment on the songs. That, there's some good songs, new songs in there. I haven't seen them. But, um, now, I just want to say, when, when, when it, um, you sing out, change whatever you want to change, yeah? <laughs> well, it's got some laughter going on that one. I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sure why all the laughter, but uh, change whatever you want to change. I just want you to think how you process that, because I just want to give you an encouragement on that, because... So just, just, just what, what, what do you immediately think that God wants to do in you? Change something. Now, I, I would suggest that, that many of us will actually process that in the, that he wants me to change something that's negative and get rid of it. I know that's going on through some people's brains. Now, so, because that's what he said. Change whatever you need to do. In other words, clean up my act a bit better, please. Um, I'd like you to try and process it in a, in a different way. See, God changes you from one degree of glory to another. And rather than think about him trying to get rid of stuff that you shouldn't have, don't want, whatever, why don't you think about letting him change you to what you're meant to be in greater levels? Okay? Because I, I think we're stuck in that sometimes. We use, we use words, and so we mean, oh, yeah, change whatever you need to change. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll give you yeah, whatever. <laughs> and I know there are some stuff. Now, now why don't you actually think, well, well, how is he going to change you? He transforms you into his likeness from one degree of glory to another. So, so what you're asking for is an upgrade, not a, not a sort out. Yeah? Change. Upgrade. Now, Kim and I moved house. It's coming up for four years ago. And um, people asked us if we were downsizing. I said, it never occurred to me. <laughs> ne never, never occurred to me to downsize. <laughs> Why? Why would I want to downsize? I'm assuming the dreams of... <laughs> Crazy idea. The kingdom is always increasing, so, so... It's not getting less, so I don't know why, why I should think I should get less. So I... Okay, I did a bit of calculations the other day. This, this, is, this was... I was, um, I was in Holland last week, and I was trying to help them to dream dreams. I, I, preaching about the power of a common dream and um, I say this quite openly so Kim and I had a dream of a house um, and we wanted a bit, bit of a bigger garden than we had um, we had a nice house lovely garden um, but we just wanted a bit of an adventure so um, and over the course of time we've actually helped other people uh, buy houses and stuff like that so and you do reap what you sow so I, I wasn't quite sure what level we, we would reap what we'd sown um, and, uh, but I did the calculations while I was away last week because I was just trying to help people understand how good God is. And we, we actually got a garden, but by my calculation, is 560 times larger than the one we had. <laughs> that's, a, that's a big upgrade. That, that, <laughs> it was, wow, yeah, wow. So it does talk to you about hundredfolds and stuff like that, doesn't it? Change, whatever you want to change. Well, are you ready? Do you, do you, know, what you, what, do you know what you just asked for? You're really invite, you're, you're inviting something 
quite, quite special into your life if you're ready to go for it. And if you're faithful with what you've got, he'll give you more. And then if you're faithful with that degree, he'll give you another degree. So, so the, the, the journey of Christianity is, is if you, it's not faithful with this little bit, get a little bit more, and then he'll test you with another little bit. Then you just sort of bump up along base level, you know, up and down, up and down. And, well, okay, see if I can pass the next test. Thank goodness. No, see, God takes you from one, one level to the next level. You're faithful there, yeah? This becomes your new normal. And then he takes you to the next level. You're faithful with that one, he takes you to that level. And if you're faithful with that one, he... That's how he is. He doesn't want you just bumping the wrong on the bottom of the sea. Trying to get some air every now and then. He, he wants you to soar on wings like eagles. And um, so in Acts chapter 4, the book of Acts is basically a progression of the activity of God uh, as he creates the church. So um, Jesus said something amazing to his disciples uh, when he said, I'm going to leave you. I don't, think they were, I don't think they were too impressed with that idea. Would you have been impressed with Jesus if he said, I'm going to leave you now? I think, well, I think I need a little bit more than three years discipleship class with you because you... <laughs> I think we're just getting started, really. <laughs> and there's still stuff I don't understand. You know, there's all sorts of things. I think massive shock to them. I, 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 as I think about it, as I put myself, imagine in that situation, I, I'm not sure I could comprehend what that would have meant to me if Jesus said, I'm going to leave you now. Just think about it. I'm going to leave you. And he said, but, but it's better for you. Yeah, yeah better. Better? Better? What do you mean better? Well, he said, I've got somebody else who's coming. And he'll lead you into all truth. And there's stuff you don't understand yet. You, you haven't got capacity for it yet, but he, he'll reveal it to you. you know, and he said, there, there's stuff that you don't understand yet. But he's the one. And not only will he be alongside you, be in you. Woo! So you're used to walking alongside me but he's going to be inside you. That is an extraordinary thing. So, so you have the Holy Spirit inside you, and on the day of Pentecost, that, that, that suddenly became their reality. Now, again, I don't think they knew what Jesus was telling them was going to happen. The, the actual enormity of it. They said, oh, yeah, nice Holy Spirit, come. Boom. And uh, the sound of a violent wind. It wasn't just a nice little gentle breeze that comes. You know, wind. Again, we sing some songs that come and blow on through. You really do not know what you're asking for. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> okay, just a nice little gentle breeze, uh, you know, just refreshing. No, more like a hurricane. <laughs> Fire <laughs> on every head. That's got to look weird, eh? That's got to look weird. It, I've seen pictures of that, actual, actual pictures in places in Africa where I've seen that manifest. Not wasn't there at the time, but I've seen pictures of it. It looks weird. I don't know, are you ready for weird? Because, you know, you keep on asking, you're seeing this stuff, but I'm, I just wonder if you know what you're asking for. You say, oh, I don't like weird. 
Well, okay, well, I'm not, I'm not sure you like God a great deal, because he's pretty weird. He, 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 he does weird. He really does do weird. He does weird. But for him, it's normal. <laughs> he, he does all sorts of stuff. He made the stars. I think that's pretty impressive. So you get Pentecost and you get Acts chapter 3 where, where basically you get the story of Peter healing the, the, you know, the, the beggar at the, the gate, beautiful. And that starts to create quite a commotion around Jerusalem because basically at this moment, up until the day of Pentecost, really they've been hiding themselves away because they were afraid. That's, that's, that looks like the story. That they weren't quite sure what was going on. They were meeting together. And um, when, when you're leader has just been crucified and you've been, you're known as his followers, you, you do have a certain degree of uh, real risk that's there. Yeah? Being a follower of Jesus was, was not just a, you know, a nice stroll in country lanes. It, was, it, was, it, carried, it carried significant risk. So they start to preach and uh, this guy gets healed. And then we get to chapter 4. So I just want comment, to comment on it, bits and pieces as we go and we'll see how we do. So while Peter and John were speaking to the people, so Acts chapter 4, here we go. Um, I'm in the NLT, and this is the NIV, but it should be roughly the same. When Peter and John were speaking to the people, they were confronted by the priests, the captain of the temple guard, and some of the Sadducees. These leaders were very disturbed that Peter and John were teaching the people that, uh, that, that through Jesus there is a resurrection of the dead. They arrested them, and since it was already evening, they put them in jail until morning. But many of the people who heard their message believed it. So the number of believers now totaled about 5,000 men, not counting women and children. So how many were there? Well, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. There's a, now, how many were there in the upper room? About 120. This is, this is explosive growth. And it, even actually, if you take into account that when Jesus came in, he talked to lots of people, about 500. Well, you're talking about, you're suddenly coping with something. And um, as you read through the book of Acts, they had to go into extraordinary measures to actually uh, work out, really, how they were going to cope with this explosive growth. And the church that was basically the Holy Spirit was creating around them. And you get into the places in, where they, you know, they're selling all sorts of stuff. They're giving up so that everybody had everything in common. Because what they, had on, what they actually had, effectively, was a refugee crisis. Because basically, on the day of Pentecost, it was people from all around the, <laughs> all around the Mediterranean basin and bits of Africa who'd gathered... It wasn't, see, that's where you, they spoke in all sorts of different languages. These people come from all around, and all of a sudden they say, hey, we're sticking here. Why? Well, God's here. Oh, and who's going to feed you? Uh, well, I don't know yet, but oh, we better sell some stuff to make this happen. Where are you going to live? I don't know. Um, and Barnabas sold a field. Probably, a, good, probably a, a reasonable presumption is that they camped. They probably had the first Bible week. So they're coping with all this stuff, and this stuff's going on. So that now they've got 5,000. Now, do you think this is creating a stir in Jerusalem? Yeah, we are not half. So do you think if we suddenly have explosive growth and grow by 10 times or more, might make a stir? Yeah. Do you think you'd be popular with everybody? No. Because we will be a challenge. Okay, so the next day the council of all the rulers and the elders and teachers of religious law met in Jerusalem. Annas the high priest was there along with Caiaphas, John, Alexander and other relatives of the high priest. 
they brought in the two disciples and demanded. Now, this is, this is really interesting. By what power or in whose name have you done this? So why are they asking that question? What do you think? Well, they're not, they're not saying they haven't got power, but they really want to know who they're representing. And who, who, who said you could do this? Who said this is okay? And uh, because basically they, they realize that they're actually, there's a massive challenge going on to, to their pre-existing structures and stuff like that. And they've not been... These, the, the, these religious rulers have not authorized these disciples to do this. So, and, uh, so, but they're not denying there's power. And they, these, these religious rulers are actually up against it right now. And as we go through, you'll rec- recognize that. Um, then Peter filled with what? The Holy Spirit. There we go. So do you think that was just a past tense that he had been, or do you think this was a current ongoing reality for him? I don't think that's referring back to the day of Pentecost. Oh, he was filled back then. This is, this is daily life is being filled with the power of the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not just a, a oh, that was a great meeting. Remember that Pentecost meeting we had? A really good one. Really good. Really good. Bit weird, but good. That, you're not meant to live just on the basis of meetings. You live with the reality of the Holy Spirit, who's inside you all the time, and wants to keep being expressed through you in greater measure he, he really is interested in upgrading you he really is and if your capacity grows you just need more filling I'm just you understand what is it? so if you are if you're getting your upgrade then in order to fill you you need more just go it makes sense if you think you're going downhill in terms of small, smaller and smaller capacity you don't need much more You just, well, you do. You need revelation to turn you around. But if you if you realise that you're growing, then actually <laughs> being filled is is a necessity, absolute necessity. So Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit, and he said to them, "Rulers and elders of our people, I think this is a I think this is a really good reply. Are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? That is a great question, isn't it?" And I love this. I was talking to God about it earlier on today and just praying about it. I said, for many, 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 many years, I thought, I refuse to be on the defensive trying to answer for Christianity. We're not meant to be defensive. Oh, oh, sorry. Uh, We didn't mean to heal him. I know it's upset you. We we won't do it again, honestly. We really won't do it again. No, I didn't. No, he said. So, so when when Christians or non-Christians, it's not likely to be non-Christians, by the way, but when when other Christians oppose you for wanting to pray for the sick, this is a good question. So, excuse me, what's what's the, what's the problem? So, we're about good works, aren't we? Now, then he goes on, do you want to know how he was healed? He's catching them in. I thought it was a brilliant piece. This is Holy Spirit. Now, when you stand up before rulers, who's going to help you speak? Holy Spirit. What is he? Filled with Holy Spirit. That's why you don't need to worry. He's really good, the Holy Spirit, at coming out with some great answers. 
Do you want to know how he was healed? Let me, clearly, let me clearly state to all of you and to all the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene. And then to rub it in, the man you crucified. <laughs> but whom God raised from the dead. He just, he's, he's putting it all out there. So, so, okay, let's get this straight. You try to kill him, you, you kill him, but you, guess what? He's rose from the dead. Now, this... You've got to understand, the, the Sadducees, I don't know if you know much about the Sadducees, but the Sadducees were the, were the sect that didn't believe in the resurrection of the dead. I don't know how they ever got going in, in, in Israel. I really don't know. I was studying it, I was looking it up and thought, how did they ever become powerful? No, seriously, it's a, that is a mystery to me. You think, the whole point of, you know, that's, that, that, that's got to be part of Israel th- theology, culture, for generations and generations and generations, hasn't it? It's just, it's just worth thinking about. It, you know, this is completely against you know, the Old Testament theology. How did they come into power? I have no idea how these... I've just looking at it. They came into power um, probably somewhere about 180 BC or something like that. So. Oh, how? Well, I guess if you've not got the reality of God, you will revert to religion. But these, these are religious people... And Peter's absolutely nailing them. For Jesus, the one referred to in the scriptures where it says, the stone that you builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. So there we go. The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. Isn't that encouraging? So what are we? Ordinary people. Now, this is not saying don't read your Bible. I think when it's referring to special training training in the Scriptures, it's probably special training not to believe it. (laughs) This is a good reality that uh, children will believe in miracles until they're taught not to. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. Now, that, that intrigues me. Because I guess they would have known that they were followers of Jesus, but I just wonder whether, if they're starting to recognize him, because they're starting to do the things that Jesus did. <laughs> now, this would have, particularly if these are the guys who thought they'd get rid of the problem by getting rid of Jesus... They suddenly realize that actually their problems have just multiplied rather than gone away. This is. Yeah, this is. Now now it's starting to all make sense. Jesus said, actually, it's better that I go away because the Holy Spirit is in every one of these. Jesus Jesus multiplied himself. When he he said, you know, the, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few, therefore pray for workers for the harvest. You know, we tend to stop reading it there because there's a chapter break, but actually it goes straight into the next bit. It says, Jesus called his disciples to him and gave them authority over every disease, every sickness. So Jesus' answer to, to workers for the harvest field was pulling his disciples to him and giving them authority to do the works that he's been done. Do you ever look out at the UK and think, wow, how's it going to get saved? And you hope for another revival or God to do something. Well, the, the way it's going to get saved is by you and I doing the works that Jesus called us to do on planet earth through the power of the Holy Spirit and it can't help but make a splash 
But since they could see the man who had been healed standing right there among them, there was nothing the council could say. So they ordered Peter and John out of the council chamber and conferred among themselves. What should we do with these men, they asked each other. We can't deny that they have performed a miraculous sign, and everybody in Jerusalem knows about it. Woo! Miracles speak for themselves. And Christianity should never be miracle-free. It should be just full of miracles. But to keep them from spreading their propaganda any further, we must warn them not to speak to anyone in Jesus' name again. So they called the apostles back in and commanded them never again to speak or teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, Do you think God wants us to obey you rather than him? We cannot stop telling about everything we have seen and heard. Wow. The council then threatened them further, but they finally let them go because they didn't know how to punish them without starting a riot. For everyone was praising God for this miraculous sign, the healing of a man who had been lame for more than 40 years. Just, just get the picture. This is, a, this is a beautiful picture, isn't it? This is a picture of, that is relevant for our Christianity. Every one of us. You've got the Holy Spirit in you? Yep. If you're born again, you have. And some of you would have heard me ask this question before, but I'll ask it again. So I just want to know if any of you got the version of the Holy Spirit that can't do miracles. <laughs> that really struggles with that, you know, oh man. I don't think so. We all get the same Holy Spirit. There is no, you know, special ones who get the special version. <clears throat> but what will be true is that he will be more manifest in and through you as you are faithful with what you've got and you grow in faith. The challenge is growing in faith. Which actually means growing in your connection with God. It's growing in confidence. So are you confident in the Holy Spirit inside you? Yeah. Or no. Maybe. Kind of. We need to grow in our confidence in the Holy Spirit inside us. <clears throat> and um, one of the things we're looking at at the moment, and this is something we will be going looking at in greater measure over the next few weeks, is that... <clears throat> Christianity is about the habitation of God within us, not a visitation of God to us. Okay, and we, we need to get this right. So, God does not want to come and visit you. Why? Well, we just sung it. He is, this is my home. But, and you know what? We might think we're singing that about God, but actually he's singing about, about us because he decided to make his home in us. It tells you that in John chapter 17. He decided to make his home in us. That's extraordinary, isn't it? And he's done that by putting the Holy Spirit inside you. And you know what? You can't get him out. It doesn't matter how hard you try it. You could try it. You could try really, really hard. Once he's in, he's not coming out. Why? Because it tells you that he is a, he's, a, he's a seal marking your inheritance. It's guaranteed. 
And you need to be completely assured. You cannot get rid of him. He's in you because he wants to be at home in you. So when you ask him to come and visit, it's kind of silly, really. Because it starts to talk of him like a guest. Our daughter flies home uh, to the United States on Tuesday. She lives out there, which comes back and forth a bit. Um, and she'll arrive home. She might get home before we get home from work, so she's arriving. So um, she, won't be, she won't be waiting outside on the front lawn. Do you know why? She's got keys. <clears throat> and when she goes in, she doesn't wait for us to come home before the kettle goes on or get something to eat. It's her home. She doesn't need permission. God is at home with us. <clears throat> and we need to get away from the idea that we need to plead with him to be with us. We need to be confident and enjoy him being with us. But you can ask for more, and I'm going to come on to that in a minute. <clears throat> Not more because you lack, more because there is more to have, and he wants you to grow. As soon as they were free, Peter and John returned to the other believers and told them what the leading priests and elders had said. When they heard the report, all the believers lifted their voices together in prayer to God. O sovereign Lord, creator of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them, you spoke long ago by the Holy Spirit for our ancestor David, your servant, saying, Why were the nations so angry? Why did they waste their time with futile plans? The kings of the earth prepared for battle. The rulers gathered together against the Lord and against his Messiah. In fact, this has happened here. No, I love this. This has happened here in this very city for Herod Antipas, Pontius Pilate, the governor, the Gentiles, and the people of Israel were all united against Jesus, your holy servant, whom you anointed. Now, look at this. I think this is amazing. Verse 28. But everything they did was determined beforehand according to your will. Ooh, he is, he is clever. Now, what's really important to understand, it, it didn't mean to say he made them do it, yeah? Not that they, they, they were robots in his hands. But he's such a genius that he knows how people think and he, he orchestrates things. It all comes together. That's the sovereignty of God. But the sovereignty of God, it does not override people's freedom. But he sees everything in advance. He lives outside of time and he orchestrates things that all works together according to his will. Which is fantastically reassuring, isn't it? it, it you know, it's, it's, well, let's, let's say Jesus is going to come again. Yeah, happy with that idea? Think God's going to manage that? Do you think that will be affected by maybe you muck it up one day? Oh, oh plans are off. The wedding's off. Oh, goodness. Oh, I've made so much preparation. Oh, no, we're calling the wedding off. It's just not going to happen anymore because, well, I don't know. If I say Dave, that's a reason we say safe. There's lots of Dave's. Dave screwed it up one day. Sheesh. I never saw that coming. No, he got it all sorted. He really has. Now, it's not, it's not an excuse, all right? But he is such a genius that he'll work everything for good. I just marvel at him that he can do that. In my circumstances and the circumstances around me, that nothing takes him by surprise. Nothing takes him by surprise. Huh? 
And the reason for that is he lives outside of time, not within it. He doesn't live with the constraints of time. Remember, it talks about Jesus is the beginning and the end, so he's got, he's got it all sorted. He's not surprised. But what is, what is fascinating to me, although he exists outside of time, he communicates and he, and he fellowships with me in time. That's when Jesus came, was born on, this was another shock to Jesus, he suddenly had to exist within time. I'll leave you with that, so we don't have to go into that, otherwise you'll start getting your brains too scrambled. But. And now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. Okay, so what I want you to just look at is, is what do they ask for in response to being threatened? Boldness. Do they ask for the threats to go away? No, they don't. They say, what we need is boldness. <laughs> Rather than, help! <laughs> Get rid of the problems! <laughs> so many problems in my life. Get rid of all the problems, please, 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 please. No. We need boldness and courage. Because we're about a great work, and there is an enemy. And he really doesn't like you taking his territory. He really doesn't like it. And he'll stir up all sorts of stuff. And uh, there's all sorts of opposition that can come. And, uh, and Jesus actually gave you a promise that said every day is going to have trouble, so get used to it. <laughs> it's just it. Every day is going to have trouble of, of its own. And he said, don't worry. That's the context of... Don't worry about anything. Don't worry about your life. Every day's going to have trouble. Just get used to it. Be bold. Be courageous. Christianity is, is, is not a, a problem avoidance program. Just as it's not a sin avoidance program, sometimes it's facing things straight on. Like, I'm going through that. And we're going out the other side. Give us great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. Wow. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. These are great prayers. You want to be bold? You want to do miracles? That's a much better ambition than getting rid of all your problems. I want to see lots of miracles. More and more. I'm not satisfied yet, you? Uh, more and more miracles. I, I love it. I'm you know, talking to people that I reckon now in and through Eastgate, if you think of the whole congregation and the influence of Eastgate with students and stuff, that any, any year now we would see in excess of a thousand miracles. Now that is a lot. 20 a week, I should think that's, 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 that's a, probably a might be a low estimate. No, most of them not in meetings. We're not talking about, you know, but through life. This is about getting on with it in life. You know, how many of us here should see a miracle this week? Well, that, that'd be more than 20. We've got to get away from the idea that these are just a rare occurrence every now and then that we, we you know, that we, we, we make books out of. No, I don't mind books about them, but actually... This should become so common that the world can't avoid noticing. So they, they cry out. <laughs> I love this. This really does. 
After this prayer, the meeting place shook. Ooh. That could upset the trustees of Eastgate. I said, we're good. <laughs> it might alarm you as well. Imagine, imagine sitting here right now and the, the building starts to shake. Would you be alarmed? I think I would. Earth, earthquake. No, the trustees, one of the trustees in the front. I'm just saying, you know, we, sometimes you think, what was that? Oh, yeah, that's, that's not experienced that one yet. Personally, I haven't. I've heard some great stories. I can't remember, it was a story of somebody. He was a Western missionary in China. And out in some rural area. And they said, oh, you've got to come and meet this lady. <laughs> little old lady. She was a widow. She lived in a little shack. So they, and Anyway, they took this Western missionary in and they said, right, go in there. And they didn't say anything else. She, she just opened the door, pulled him in. And, um, and she didn't say anything to him. She just started to pray in Chinese. He didn't understand anything. As far as I can wear and as she prayed, the building started to shake. Woo. He was impacted. <laughs> and then this is the story. When, when, when she finished her praying, she, she just shoved him out the door. No conversation whatsoever. No explanation, just, there you are. Wow. Maybe, maybe it could happen in your workplace. This is not meant to just be in church meetings. That'd be fun, wouldn't it? I'm just, I'm just imagining that happening in the GP surgery. I have a bit of an alarmed waiting room. and I'm, I'm trying to help you understand. You, you do not know what you're asking for when you want more. Because what it then goes on to say... <coughs> After this prayer, the meeting place shook and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, have they already all been filled with the Holy Spirit? Yeah. Are they getting another level of being filled with the Holy Spirit? Yes. Why? Because they've asked for more. Not because of lack, because Peter's already filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And what's the outcome? Then they preach the word of God with boldness. And you can read on into the book of Acts. But if you look in Acts chapter 5, it talks about everyone getting healed. Acts chapter 5, okay, verse 16. Crowds came from the villages around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those possessed by evil spirits, and they were all healed. One man <laughs> at the gate beautiful getting healed created a stir. Imagine what it's like when everybody's getting healed. <laughs> That'd be a good R&D meeting, wouldn't it? <laughs> so, I want you to... Are you ready for power? I'm going to pray. God's going to come powerfully right now. <laughs>